Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live Wide Open. Off the end of the back straightaway. Larson's going to send it. Larson's in the wall. Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper. Logano leads down the back straightaway. Keselowski's in line. Now he turns him. Boot team Penske cars crash. Keselowski is up in a ball of flame. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Now. Here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley, producer Trey, the rest of the MRN crew with you for yet another download. And we appreciate you checking us out. Last week, we're at Dover Motor Speedway. MRN had the final call there, the Monster Mile. And what a race it was. Finally, Chase Elliott fans got what they've been wanting all year. And that's a win. Even though Chase was leading the points, some folks were a little sketchy, but now we've talked some off the ledge. And Chase Elliott is formally playoff qualified now by winning the Dean 400 at Dover Motor Speedway. And now with that challenge, we then move into another challenge. And that's the challenges of Darlington Raceway. We've got triple header action coming your way this weekend. If you have never been to Darlington, you need to check it out. As you, uh, as you ride down the street there, you look over, you see the racetrack right in the middle of town, basically. And they got the NNPA Museum there. There's lots to do in there. That track is one of my favorite on the entire circuit. From how we're greeted by the locals when we pull in for our first day until 
we roll out of there after the treatment that we receive from Kerry Tharp and his staff at Darlington. They know how to treat you when they come through the gates. Plus, it's throwback weekend, and it's going to be a terrific opportunity for legacy fans to take a trip down memory lane and see some of the paint schemes that were brought to glory in the NASCAR scene over the years. You basically got every representation from just about every paint scheme across decades that are going to be on display this weekend, either in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, or the NASCAR Cup Series races this weekend. You're going to get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Some some are throwing back a couple of years. Some are going back a couple of decades. And no doubt, over the course of the weekend, you'll be able to find your paint scheme as you watch from or hear us describe matters at Darlington Raceway. So hope to see you there. It's always a fun weekend at Darlington. Maybe bumping to you over at the Raceway Grill, having a little lunch, or maybe just bumping into you walking through the Midway and the grounds at Darlington Raceway. There's nothing like the PD region of South Carolina. And our next guest probably loves the PD region of South Carolina himself. We're speaking of Daryl Waltrip, NASCAR Hall of Famer, NASCAR race winner, NASCAR champion, NASCAR Hall of Famer. Got a lot going on this week. We've got the NASCAR Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, and we've also got the race at Darlington this weekend. Now, we had a chance to visit with Daryl yesterday, and when we visited with Daryl, we kicked off the conversation about NASCAR Hall of Fame voting, what it was like, and then we segued into a lot of different areas of the conversation. But it was always great to catch up with our good buddy, Daryl Waltrip, especially on this week of NASCAR Hall of Fame voting and going in to the Goodyear 400 Sunday at Darlington. Daryl Waltrip is back amongst us. Top of the morning, DW. How we doing? Yeah, good morning. Yeah, good to be on the show. How, how's things going? You like it? I love it. I love it. I especially love it that it's uh, Hall of Fame voting time, and we're going into yep. Darlington this weekend. Let's start with the Hall of Fame. You obviously are a NASCAR Hall of Famer, but I've always been curious, what is the wait like? to hear your name called well you know it's kind of odd for me um I, w- I was working at the time i was working for a, um the, the speed channel uh, and, and so i was on the i was i was on the ds up there and it was the second round and they had already announced the first round so we're into the second round and and uh and winston kelly come on and said don't worry buddy you're a shoe in i said thanks pal i appreciate it so i was kind of I was kind of waiting for him to call my name, <laughs> and guess what? He didn't call my name, so that was it was disappointing. Uh, but uh, you know, I, 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 I worked through it, and uh, I was in the third round, and that was fine because Kale and myself and a couple of three others, you know, Richie Evans, we were all uh, the third round, and that was great. But look, here's the thing about it. I've been in, I've been inducted into many many Hall of Fames, and I'm proud of every one of them. But there's nothing greater. No greater honor than you can have when it's the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And particularly now that we have a, a place we can call home, uh, it was just it was just a huge honor. And uh, I was I was just thrilled to death and uh, excited about it and, and proud to be a part of it. I know that no driver sets out to be in a NASCAR Hall of Fame. You want to win races, you want to win championships, and if you do enough of that, then then the latter will take care of itself by, by getting into the Hall of Fame. But as as a driver that's contributed a lot to the sport, I'm not just speaking about you specifically, but just in general. When a driver adds so much to the to the sport, do you want folks to remember you, or or is that one of the things that's front and center for you that you just want to be remembered, your accomplishments and 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 your ambassadorship be remembered on a longer term? 
<laughs> well, it, it's kind of funny. You know, I, I grew up in Owensboro, Kentucky, and I remember with my little transistor radio listening to races on WSM. I could barely get it, get, get, you know, in and out. Uh, WSM was in Nashville, and and Junior Johnson was my hero, and I, I and, and and AJ Ford was my hero. When I when I drove my modified car, I wore I wore red golf gloves and a bandana, and I let it fly out the back like AJ did. So. Those were my heroes. Uh, but in my wildest dreams uh, did I ever think, and, and, and you know, here's a funny thing I'll tell you. A lot of people don't know I ever drove. There are a lot of people that, you know, I started my TV career in 2001. A lot of young drivers, young fans, uh, you know, just started following the sport right along there. So a lot of people think all I've ever said is boogity, 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 let's go racing, boys. Uh, and, and that's great. I, I mean, I'm, I've had two great careers. I drove and had a lot of success. I was in TV for a long time, had a lot of success. So I've had two great careers. But it always kind of amazes me when people say, wow, I didn't know you drove. What, 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 who did you race with? I think, what are you, are you kidding me? But it, it, that's, just, that's kind of the world we live in today. So, yeah, I, I love the Hall of Fame because it does give us a chance to look back on what we've accomplished and not just me but all the others what they've accomplished what they've contributed what they've meant to the sport and uh, to get inducted into the hall of fame that's just icing on the cake that's i mean you you built the cake and and then the hall of fame comes along and they, and they put the icing on and that's what i love when you look back at your driving career what's your proudest moment oh wow gosh <laughs> well you know I, my first win was in nashville and i, I always thought I don't care how you know where you are or what you're doing. You figure if you can't win at your own home track, you probably can't win anywhere. So, 75, I won my first race in Nashville, and um, that was a great day for me. My family was with my grandmother to took all the race when I did. Uh, my mom, my dad, everybody, my my mother and father-in-law, everybody was there. It was just a huge celebration. That was a great win. 87, Martinsville. Uh, that's the only race I won that year, driving a Tide car. Me and Waddell. Uh, that was the, that, that was the weekend that uh, Jessica was born, and so it was kind of a special weekend. Uh, and 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 you never forget. <laughs> you, you remember the first one, you remember the last one. I was in Darlington in '92. Uh, you know when I won the race, even though it was rain shortened, uh, we were fortunate enough to be leading the race, and and uh, I won that race. So there's just in the Daytona 500. There's a lot of. I don't think any one race sticks out more than the other. It's just a, kind of a sum of all the parts. So many, so many options from which to choose when you look at your successful racing career. And you mentioned Darlington. Let's transition into what we're about to do this weekend with the Goodyear 400 racing at Darlington Raceway. You've won there five times. You just mentioned you won the Southern 500 back in 1992. You know, you got a lot of these younger drivers now coming into this sport, and some of them have been to Darlington a time or two. If you could walk into the garage, put your arm around one of these young drivers, escort them over to a stack of tires, and Given the lay of the land at Darlington, what would you tell these young drivers about the place? Well, you, you don't race the competition. Uh, I, I, I know that sounds that sounds in, absolutely reverse of what you would think, but you have to race that racetrack. Uh, that was a track where I learned how to anticipate. You have to anticipate where you're going to catch people. You have to make passes at certain spots, or you can't pass just any place. Just because you catch a guy doesn't mean you're going to sail right by him. So always think about the word anticipation. And that's what I, I, I tried to use that all the time when I went to Darlington. I learned that the hard way. Made a lot of mistakes there in the beginning. But in the, in the end, I learned how to anticipate. 
catch people on the straightaway, catch them on the straightaway, and be clear in the corner. So just kind of that, that's the key to me. If I if it's Kyle Larson or, or or any of those kids that I can put my arm around, that's what I've done. You just got to learn to anticipate, look ahead, think ahead. Uh, even pit road treacherous. Everything about that joint's treacherous. So you got to always be thinking ahead about what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. You know, it's funny. Some of these young guys, they get four fresh tires, and they they take off like they were shot out of a launch pad at Cape Canaveral. But the funny thing about that is for those one or two laps, they're like, man, look at me. I'm hauling around this place. And it's always when you see that, I think you'll be back. You'll be back sooner than you realize it when you when you burn up those tires and come back. I would think that that's probably one thing that a driver needs to understand. Just because you've got four fresh ones, they're not going to be very fresh for long. Oh, no, you, you can go, you know, you get four tires on, everybody's on old tires, you're going to sail right by them. But you know what you're going to end up with eventually? A Darlington strike. And 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 even though it's not as bad maybe as today as it used to be, uh, used to when you got in that guardrail or got in that wall, uh, pretty much that was the end of your day. So uh, I, I always remember we'd do a show and, and we'd count how many cars, so maybe 18, 20 cars that had been into the wall with the Darlington strike. So, uh you just always got to be thinking about that. It, it, it's truly, I don't know of any other racetrack, Bristol maybe, but the Darlington for sure, where you have to pay attention to what you're doing, not just every now and then, but all the race long. 500 miles is a tough race, hot, slick, you're moving around, competition. You, you, gotta, you just got to race the track and not let other people get to you and make you do something you, you regret. You know, one of the most amazing Darlington memories I've had involved you and Richard Petty back in 1979. You know where I'm going with this, that that last, what, three or four laps? He takes the lead. You pass him back. He passes you back. You pass him back. But you're doing it in these land yacht cars, and you're avoiding each other with look like inches. I mean, he'd drive it in deep. He'd slide up. You'd cut it to the bottom. Then you'd slide up. Then he'd come under you. Yeah. Do you remember that day? Oh yeah, I remember it so well. It was '79 it, it was, was a great year for me. I should have won the championship that year, but I was, I was, a, I wasn't, I was, I outsmarted myself. I, I beat myself a couple of times and cost myself a, a championship in '79. But that race, particularly um, the last ten laps of that race, uh, as you said, Richard passed me and passed him back. He passed me and passed him back. And I knew when the white flag came out, I knew what I wanted to do. I just didn't know if I could do it or not. And so with the third turn, which is the first turn now, you go in the third turn, you're gonna if you go in there pretty hard, you're gonna push up. You're gonna push up right next to the wall. And I knew kinda had Richard where I wanted him. I knew he was gonna go in a little hard and he was gonna push up. I was gonna cut under him. It all worked out. Donnie Allison was Donnie was right behind me. I didn't realize how close Donnie was at the time. But uh, yeah, that was that was that was kinda like I, I think I, I think it was a statement race for me. Uh, I raced the, the king. We didn't touch. We never. I don't think we laid a finger on each other in those last ten laps. And I came out on top. And I thought, I thought, I beat the king. Yeah, I beat the king. Now I'm the king. Uh, well, I was for that day anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those those fun Darlington memories. Hey, you mentioned a few moments ago. You brought up the Nashville Short Track. Obviously, that yep. you, well, you owned that place for so long. There's an effort out there to get to get racing back, but it's not an easy one. And there's a lot of there are a lot of headwinds involved in that. What are you hearing locally about perhaps maybe that track coming back to life and at some point we could be going back there? Yeah, I, I, I think fans, I think we see it all the time. We saw with Bristol, they put dirt on Bristol, which I 
can't imagine, but that's what they did. Uh, we go to Charlotte. They got the Roval. Uh, people love the road courses. I, I think I think what makes people want short tracks, uh, want to get back to short tracks, is you're, you're so close to the action. You feel it. You touch it. You smell it. You hear it. You're right on top of it. And uh, I think that's what makes short tracks so exciting. And then uh, Nashville, uh, it's one of the oldest racetracks in the country. I think Milwaukee might be a right there with it, but Nashville is like the oldest existing track. Uh, and, and, and Marcus Smith and Jerry Caldwell, and they're they're working hard with the local government, with the mayor uh, here to try to get something done. The soccer stadium is literally hanging over the track now. Parking is and there's a lot, a lot of moving parts to that whole program down there, to that whole project. I hope, I hope that uh, the mayor, he loves, uh, the mayor loves the track. He loves the fairgrounds. I don't think he'll let anything happen to it. I don't know if we'll ever get cup racing back there. But I, I could see, my, here was my vision. Uh, you know, uh, Marcus Smith, those guys, they just bought Dover. They got Dover now and they got the track here in Nashville at the, out at Lebanon the super speedway so you race the short track over there on, on friday or saturday night and you race the super speedway on sunday like we used to do it like we used to do it in indianapolis so i could see that happening i don't know if it will or not but that would kind of be my vision uh if we could get something worked out to where we could get back to racing at the paragraphs on a, some kind of a regular basis yeah you've our, our fingers are crossed here i know yours are a lot of race fans want us to get back there that would definitely be quite the addition and that that place, that place, that short track in downtown Nashville, played an important role in the NASCAR landscape for uh, for a lot of years. I want to ask you one more thing? Yep. Had you back yep. in the broadcast booth of Fox at Bristol? What was it like to get back in that broadcast booth? Well, I had, you know, I, I called Eric Shanks, our, who runs Fox Sports, and I've told him for, for last year. So, hey, I'm available if you ever need anybody. You know, how about it? You know, he called, you know, I'm still here. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind getting back in there and doing a little work every now and then. They never called. I said, well, uh, that's, that's too bad. But they finally called and asked me what I like to do Bristol. And I said, yes, I'd love to. And what was great about it, I got to see all my friends. I got to work with Mike Joy, who I've worked with for years. Uh, you know, Clint Boyer. I uh, saw a lot of the drivers, Joy Logano and Chris Bell and a number of guys. And I just it just I just reconnected. Uh, I was parked in this. And my coach was parked. You'll love this. I was on the Willie Nelson coach, <laughs> and it was part. It, it's Willie's old coach, and uh, I, I looked for Willie for three days. I never found him, but anyway, I was on his coach, and uh, and and so I parked in the same spot. I'm at Bristol, at my favorite track, with my favorite with a big grandstand, and so it was just a great, it's just a chance for me to reconnect. I hadn't gotten a, kind of gotten away from everybody, hadn't talked to some people for a while. Just could get back there and see people, and just reconnect and. I, I really, it just made me, <laughs> just made me realize that much more how much I, I miss uh, doing TV. I really enjoyed that. I made a mistake by stepping away when I did, and uh, I'd love to get back to it more often, but uh, it was good to be back at Bristol for sure. Well, a lot of folks uh, welcomed you back into their living rooms. We welcomed you back to the racetrack, and we're so glad you're able to spend some time with us here on MRN. It's always a pleasure. You've added a lot to the landscape over the years, and we thought it would be fitting to chat with you as we head into throwback weekend at Darlington. One final question. Speaking of throwback weekends and everybody's got their favorite paint scheme. Of all the paint schemes that you ran over the years, what is your favorite DW throwback? Well, there's a couple. You know, it's hard. To, it's always hard to pick out of one. 
I, I love the Gatorade car. I thought it, it, it made a – I think the Gatorade car was probably the first car that really uh, – with its own special paint job. And Gatorade was kind of a first non-automotive product that was a sponsor on the cars. I love that car, and I love the Tide car. Uh, that Tide car was amazing. Uh, it could be first or it could be last, and you knew it. You saw that orange front end, and you saw that flame, the, the, the hot front end that thing had on it. That, that was always one of my favorite cars, too. And, of course, I had beautiful cars of my own. The Western Auto cars were pretty special, too. So those are three cars I, I really am proud of. Yeah, see, the Gatorade car, Bertha, was my favorite. But number two was that Western Auto car with those metallic numbers. Man, that was fire back in the day. Oh, it was. It was. It was It was fun. You know, I, I wanted to be a car owner. I started as a car owner. I had my own team. I had my own cars. I had, yeah, here's an interesting fact, I thought, or a fun fact. Jake Elder was my crew chief in 1975 when I won my first race. Guess who my crew chief was when I won my last race? Jake Elder. <laughs> he had come, he'd, he'd been around all that long, and we'd been in and out of different situations he had. And uh, he was happened to be the crew chief on the car that weekend when we won Darlington. So uh, I started with Jake, and I ended with Jake. And that was kind of cool. And especially for uh, old school fans, legacy fans, they love that as well. We love talking to you. And, and you know, one, one other thing. I, I, Herb Nab and Jake Elder, they're two of the greatest crew chiefs that have ever been in the sport. And why in the world they're not in the Hall of Fame, I do not know. And today is Hall of Fame voting. And uh, I, I don't even know if their names are on the ballot or not. But nonetheless, uh, those are two great guys that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame for sure. Absolutely. Their contributions mean a lot. A lot of contributions being acknowledged in Uptown Charlotte this time of year with the NASCAR Hall of Fame voting. Appreciate you making time for us. Tell Stevie we said, hey, and we're thinking about her as well, and, of course, the family and the grandbabies. All right. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing, boys. That's our pal, our buddy, Daryl Waltrip. Pal on the racetrack, pal in the broadcast booth on the TV side of things, but always love it when he's able to spend time with us here at the Motor Racing Network. Shifting gears, it's time to focus on the Goodyear 400 coming up Sunday, and these odds are brought to you by Bet MGM, the king of sports books. Please bet responsibly. Producer Trey, what do you have for us? Well, Mike, once again, as it seems pretty much every week in 2022, Kyle Larson is the favorite again. Even though he's only won one race so far this season, Larson is the favorite at plus 500. He finished second in both Darlington races last year. The guys that are tied for the second favorite are the two that held off Larson to win those races last year, Denny Hamlin won the Southern 500, and then Martin Truex Jr. won this race last year, the Goodyear 500, 400, and he, they are both at plus 700. If you're asking for my pick, though, I'm not going with any of the favorites. I wouldn't consider this guy a long shot just based on his odds, and the past couple weeks might be considered a little bit of a mini slump after he finally almost won his first race at the Bristol Dirt Track. I think it's time. I think Tyler Reddick, I think this track fits him very well. He's run well there in the past. I think this mini slump will be over, and I think Tyler Reddick goes to victory lane Sunday in Darlington. He's plus 2,000. But if you're looking for a steeper long shot, and a guy who's surprised a lot of people this year, a former Darlington winner, Eric Jones. Eric Jones is plus 5,000 or 50 to 1 this weekend, coming off of a great run at Dover last week. Eric Jones won the Southern 500 in 
in 2019, and that's the guy that you've got to circle as a possible dark horse going into this weekend. If he doesn't win, I expect him to at least be up there in the top 10, maybe score another top five as he continues to flirt with the playoffs in his second year with Petty GMS Racing. Jones is my long shot, but I'm going with Reddick to get to victory lane for the first time. I like both of those. I like the role that Eric Jones has been on the last couple of weeks. He was leading on the final lap coming into the trioval at Talladega before all heck broke loose. And then he emerged last weekend at Dover in the top five. He finished in the top ten. Perhaps maybe Petty GMS Motorsports have found something. And, of course, Tyler Reddick fans have been waiting for that trip to victory lane in the NASCAR Cup Series. He's been hovering. It's almost like he's hit that glass ceiling. But, well, for his sake and RCR's sake and all those fans out there, let's see if he breaks through that glass ceiling. And perhaps maybe he, too, could be strong consideration material for winning the Goodyear 400. It's going to be a busy weekend this weekend. We've got lots coming your way here on the Motor Racing Network. Our coverage will begin Friday night with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. They're back on track with the Dead on Tools 200, MRN airtime 7 p.m. Eastern. Saturday, we're double dipping. Pole qualifying along with practice coverage for the Goodyear 400. 10.30 a.m. Eastern Saturday morning. We're back at 1 Saturday afternoon Eastern with the Mahindra Rocksword 200 for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And a brief little side note, if you're going to be in Darlington, they've got the big parade. MRN's going to have a float, and you'll see a lot of parade activity in downtown Darlington. Check that out. As we all then will wait with bated breath for on-air time for NASCAR Live Race Day. Motor Racing Network's call of the Goodyear 400 begins at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. And then, of course, we'll have NASCAR Live on Tuesday next week. And we're right back here on Thursday with another download available for NASCAR Live wide open. We're headed to Darlington. We hope you are as well. Hope to bump into you there, but if you can't, you can check it out all here on the Motor Racing Network. For producer Trey and the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thanks for the download. Check us out early and often, and check us out at Darlington this weekend. So long, everybody. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive. 